the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, and hour number two is underway. Good morning once again. Thank you so much for being with us. And thanks again to Mike in Flakewood for uh, uh, keeping me on my toes. It was so so great to, to listen to the other side for, for a change to remind me of exactly why I feel the way I do. That we cannot, quite frankly, be civil with these people. We cannot uh, reach across the aisle, especially even in the spirit of the season. These are people who are evil, and these are people who are demented, and they are not people with which I, uh, with whom I uh, choose to um, uh, uh, to communicate and to spend time with. And I really, really love getting that call from time to time from somebody like that to remind me exactly as to why. Conversely, I always love getting a phone call from Oklahoma because on the other end of that one is always my good friend, Dr. Everett Piper, who joins us now for his regular Thursday commentary on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper is a past university president. He's a best-selling author twice over. He is a weekly columnist for The Washington Times. He's a radio podcast host in Oklahoma, and he's a candidate for commissioner in his county. He is actually stepping up to serve the people in a different way. Uh, Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? And I'm also the proud owner and wearer of a T-shirt that says they don't want science, they want compliance. And it's very popular down here, I might add. I'm staring at it right now, your picture, and I'm so glad you texted that to me. That was so wonderful to see. And again, I, I want anybody else to know, too, I actually had a couple of phone calls. This is a little bit of inside baseball, but I had a couple of phone calls um, right around the time you sent me that saying, hey, Bob, where's my shirt? I ordered it a while ago. And, and I, I brought this up on the air before, but for those who don't know, my good friend, uh, Chris Gorin, who is the printer of, of, of these shirts, she prints them and distributes them for me. Wonderful, wonderful concern conservative woman and activist who has worked very, very hard on behalf of so many different core uh, interests that we have for this great country. 
big fan of this show and a big supporter. She was the one handling all of that when we came up with the idea for the T-shirts, which happened based on just me babbling on the radio, and I, I thought that sounded really cool, what I said off the cuff about science and compliance. She ran into her own health battle. She actually went into the hospital with COVID-19, and uh, she it took her a while. It took her a while before her recovery, before she was able to get out and get back home, uh, and then back to the job uh, to you know of, of working in her printing printing business, including getting these T-shirts out. So to you, Dr. Piper, and to anybody else who had a late-arriving shirt, let us all just literally thank God, thank Jesus uh, for Chris's recovery. Um, that's uh, That was the reason for the delay, and obviously, most importantly, as I've told Chris many, many times, we are just so thankful that she is good and back on her feet and doing her uh, doing her work, because uh, that's what's most important to us all. But Dr. Piper, well, having and, said all of that, you and, look great and, in that shirt. <laughs> Well, and, and uh, on behalf of Chris, I'd just like to thank you for highlighting her because she put a very nice note in the package. And again, thank you for giving me the shirt for Christmas gift. Thanks to Chris. And um, she put a very nice note saying that if I ever wanted to use her for similar work down here, that I can, and I surely will. And other people listening to you right now might want to consider doing the same. So Absolutely good luck right. for her. Absolutely right. And like I said, you look terrific in that shirt. I really am proud to see you wearing it. That's that's wonderful. And for anybody else, just to, again, it's uh, what is today? The 16th, you got nine days before Christmas Day. If you put in that order right now at alwaysright.us, just go to www.alwaysright.us. You can order your shirt, and we will get it in a, in a, in a, in a container and ship to you in time for Christmas, particularly if you're in Ohio. But we can probably still even make that work in Oklahoma. All right, Dr. Piper, now down to business. we got a lot of work to do here. You had a lot of work to do as you uh, put your uh, latest Washington Times column together, and I want to talk about that because you are once again calling out the hypocrisy of some of the leadership in your native Oklahoma, conservatives who are conservative in, in name only. Now, we know what rhinos are. That's Republican in name only. I don't know if Kino is, or Kino is a thing, but tell us what you are talking about when you uh, speak of their hypocrisy. Well, context here. And I may make some of the listeners uncomfortable, but hopefully they know me well enough to bear with me for this commentary. I think true conservatives should thank our leaders when they're right and be willing to criticize our leaders when they're wrong. I did that with Donald Trump. I thanked him when he's right, and I said so when I thought he was wrong. I think that's what true conservatives do, not blindly loyal. We follow our Constitution. We don't bow to our king. I think that's the mark of a conservative. And here in Oklahoma, I've said on your show before, Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, not one county has voted blue in four successive presidential elections. We're known as being the conservative bastion in the union, right? Well, in a sense we are, but in many ways we're more purple than we want to admit. Let's take, for example, Governor Stitt. I've thanked him and he's right. For example, he has stood against critical race theory. He has said that it cannot be taught in our schools in Oklahoma. He has signed it into law. Thank you, Governor Stitt. But when it comes to vaccinations, Governor Stitt has said, and I quote, that he thinks it's wrong and unconstitutional for the federal government to force us to take a vaccine or disclose our medical records. But then in the very next breath, literally, after that sentence, he says, but I don't believe that I have any business as governor telling a business whether or not it should require a vaccine as a condition of employment. Now, I say that's two-faced. I say that's duplicitous. 
He just told us that it's immoral and unconstitutional for Joe Biden to force us to take a vaccine and disclose our medical records to engage in the public square, buy groceries, go to a restaurant, go to church. But then he turns around and says that Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos can do it at will and that he doesn't think he should step in and defend the constitutional rights of the individual that voted for him. I don't believe that's true conservatism. I think that's crony capitalism, and I've said so in my column. Yeah, and you know, I, as I read your column and looked at uh, the governor's comments and all of this, I completely concur. I don't know how they can just draw the line that, hey, the government can't tell the business what to do, but and we'll, we'll draw the line there and say the businesses, however, can tell the employees what to do, particularly with their personal well-being and their personal health choices and so forth. Uh, yet this kind of is, it isn't limited to Oklahoma. Now, maybe it's more personal to you there because, A, you live in Oklahoma, B, you're running for office in Oklahoma, C, it is the reddest of red, as you point out. But, Dr. Piper, this is a nationwide thing there seems to be this belief that conservatism which means personal uh, uh personal uh um What's the word I'm looking for? Autonomy, I guess, to make your own decisions with your body and your health. Um, that there's a limit. That that according to the conservative mindset, there is a limit across this country, or at least in a lot of circles in this country, to how uh, conservative we're allowed to be there, how personal we are allowed to get. The, the the thinking being that, hey, look, if it is going to help other people around you, your coworkers, and, and in particular your family members who may be a little bit more uh, uh, at risk, if you will, if you happen to spread something through your asymptomatic infection, that maybe we should think about doing this. That That's a problem for me. It's not just in Oklahoma. This is something we're seeing around the country. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I actually believe Oklahoma and maybe some other conservative states are the canary in the coal mine, if you will. Uh, if, if Oklahoma can't get this right, if the reddest of red states, the most conservative of the conservative states, can't get this one right, if we don't understand that individual liberty is a first thing, your freedom is a first thing. Your medical records are your medical records, and nobody has any business forcing you to disclose, for example, that you've had cancer or that you're being treated right. for AIDS or if you're a woman that you're pregnant or if you're predisposed to heart disease or if you're predisposed to um, de- degenerative spinal disease. Any of these things could affect the bottom line of a company, right? So if we're going to defer to company rights as being superior to individual rights, then they should they should be able to force an employee to disclose all of this stuff, right? This is Pandora's box. And as you know, in my article, I suggest that maybe Governor Stitt and his uh, rhino lemmings down in Oklahoma City ought to read a little Greek mythology here and refresh their memory of what Pandora's box refers to, that all ideas have consequences, and some of those consequences are unintended. Um, I've had people suggest to me that disagree with what I'm saying right now, well, don't you believe in free enterprise, and that an employer-employee relationship is contractual? And that the employee can, well, you can take your business elsewhere. You don't have to work for that employer. And my response is very simple. Where in the Constitution, where in the Constitution does it ever say that Bill Gates' rights trump mine or yours? Where does it ever say that the company's rights are superior to the individual freedoms that were guaranteed in the Constitution? Just show me in the Constitution where I'm wrong. And I'll bow. I'll admit. I'll eat crow. But I don't see it. 
Well, that's that's never been an obstacle for those on the left, Dr. Piper. Uh, they don't have to find it in the Constitution. And as a matter of fact, sometimes they're good enough to get the Supreme Court to add it to the Constitution when it isn't there, which they did, of course, with same-sex marriage, and they did, of course, with uh, mandating uh, uh, the purchase of health insurance uh, under penalty of law, either fines and or prison or both. So, you know, if, if for the left, yeah, what's in the Constitution is irrelevant. It's what we can jam in there uh, with our special interest groups impacting even the Supreme Court of the United States. That's what matters to them. Dr. Piper, let's use that as a timeout. we got to come back and talk about a couple of other very important issues, including our duty to God and whether or not conversion therapy and the ban thereon um, leads to essentially the erasure of religious liberty in the United States and maybe around the world. I know you have some very important thoughts on that that we'll uh, ask you about coming up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1023, let's dive right back in now with Dr. Everett Piper joining us once again. It should not be a criminal offense for us to instruct our children that God made them male and female in his image, and has reserved sex for the marriage of one man and one woman. Yet this seems to be the likely outcome of the proposed legislation. Those words are included in a petition in the UK to try to stop a ban on conversion therapy that many believe will become a ban on uh, preaching the Word of God itself. Dr. Piper, I know how you feel about this. Tell us. Okay, first of all, we have to deal with the terminology, conversion therapy. Now, everybody listening right now needs to understand that the left has taken this phrase and they've twisted it, they've manipulated it, and they're trying to get you to make decisions because of an old definition that no longer applies. They're saying that conversion therapy is actually a reference to a practice that took place back in the 40s and 50s. It was electroshock therapy that was applied to homosexuals to get them to convert from homosexuality to heterosexuality. Yes, that did take place, but the interesting thing is it wasn't Christians that were leading the charge on conversion therapy, electroshock therapy, to get heterosexual, excuse me, homosexuals to convert to heterosexuality. It was the secular, psychological, and psychiatric field that was leading the way on that. That's a fact. I have degrees in this stuff. Don't argue with me on that. Anybody listening right now, that's just a historical fact. Now, what is conversion therapy today? Nobody practices that anymore. Nobody's advocating for that anymore. So when the left says they want to make conversion therapy illegal, they're talking about simple counseling. They're talking about a pastor talking to a parishioner. They're talking about a Christian psychologist giving advice and talk therapy to someone who is not happy with their sexual life. The people that want to make conversion therapy illegal are saying they want that to be illegal. They want to make it illegal for your priest to talk to you as the result of your confession about converting to a biblical way of life. They want to make Christian conversion Okay, They want to make it illegal for a pastor to call upon his congregation to convert from a sinful life 
to a sacred life. They want to make the very gospel of Jesus Christ that you can be born again. You don't have to be satisfied with being born that way. They want to make that message illegal. And you have a thousand pastors in England that are saying, we will go to jail if you tell us that we can't preach conversion in Christ. Yeah, and you know this. I, I'm so glad you did the uh, clarification on the language uh, because you know yes, conser- uh, conversion therapy has had a very, very terrible, terrible uh, reputation because of some of those terrible, terrible things that were done many, many decades ago. But you're right. When we talk about just look, let's discuss. Let's talk about how. I mean, how do many people with with psychological problems? Um, you know, often find comfort and find healing for their psychological problems. If one is to believe that homosexuality is a state of mind and a psychological issue, they have what is called therapy. They have therapeutic discussions with uh, with professionals, whether those individuals be therapists, whether they're called psychologists, psychiatrists, or whether they seek uh, counsel with their clergy to be able to just discuss. This is what I have. This is what I feel like. This is what I'm I'm drawn to, and I don't like it, and I want. Want to find a way to to alleviate myself of this burden? They ought to be able to seek that anywhere they wish and not have that controlled or stopped or or considered to be destructive by the state. Absolutely. And you talk about destruct, dis- obstructed by the state. Let's get back to Oklahoma again. Okay. In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, we had one of our state house representatives that represents the Oklahoma City area a former Nazarene youth pastor, I might add, who actually sponsored a bill to make it illegal in the state of Oklahoma to practice conversion therapy. And what's the definition of conversion therapy? Simple counseling. Preaching the message that if you're in Christ, the old is passed away, behold, the new has come. If you are in Christ, you're transformed, you're not trans. As Jesus told Nicodemus, You must be born again. You don't need to be satisfied with being born that way. These are basic components, historical components to the gospel, the evangel, the good news of life in Jesus Christ. We know that we're supposed to confess our sins, not to celebrate them, that we're supposed to define ourselves by our Lord, not our libido. If we can't agree that this is the heart, the soul, the core, the foundation of Christianity, then we're lost as a culture and a church. And if we are going to accept the fact that Oklahoma is trying to tell us that I can't say anything I just said, (laughs) then we're in trouble. Our freedom of religion has been compromised, to say the least. Well, since we're on the subject of Christianity and the freedom uh, uh, to to uh, recognize that, let's talk about episode 374 of The Rebellion, your latest uh, podcast, uh, The Re- Rebellion Podcast, I should say your latest episode, Why We Should Wish Everyone a Merry Christmas. Can you summarize your 30-minute podcast into one minute? <laughs> You'll try. Basically, why should you say Merry Christmas to anyone? If somebody says to you, Don't say Merry Christmas. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. Not everybody is a Christian. So stop saying Merry Christmas. If anyone suggests that that is where we should stand as a culture right now, my response is, think about this. Where would we be without Christmas? What has Christmas, Christ's Mass, Christ's Church, Christ's Service, Christ's Gathering, what has Christ's Mass done for the world? Well... 
I would argue it changed the world. Because of Christ's mass, Christmas, exposure, the practice of leaving babies in the garbage dump in Rome, was stopped. Women were elevated to something of higher status than chattel and sexual slavery. Fidelity was elevated and marriage was celebrated. Orphanage was, orphanages were started and founded, and hospitals likewise. Education became predominant across the Western world. All of the good things that we enjoy as Western civilization, as Western culture, go back to the days of Christmas. Christ's Mass, the babe born in a manger. Behold, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is the story of Christmas. And Christmas has not only saved us from our individual sins, from our personal sins, Christmas has saved us from the sins of others, because it's the story of Christmas that has stopped the evil march of mankind time and time again, because we recognize the true norms of Christ, Christmas. It's not Buddha's Mass, it's not Hare Krishna's Mass, it's not Muhammad's Mass, it's Christ's Mass, it's Christmas, and thank the Lord for it. I find myself smiling here on the other end of this uh, this this phone call, Doctor Everett Piper. So well articulated as always. Keep up the great work on the rebellion. And if my math is correct, we have one more uh, conversation together before Christ's Mass next Thursday, the twenty third. So I look forward to speaking with you then. Take care. Blessings and Merry Christmas. And the same to you. Thank you, Doctor Piper. All right, ten thirty one. We'll take a time out now. We're going to come back, and on the other side after the news, we're going to talk to my friend Michael Goldstein, who is continuing to proclaim justice to the nations, but now from Arizona instead of Ohio. We've got some important work to discuss next. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right ten thirty-seven. as we continue on this thursday edition of the authority thank you for being with us Thanks again to Dr. Everett Piper. Great conversation, as always. And I'm really excited now to talk to my good friend, who I haven't spoken with on the air in a while, certainly since he went from being an Ohioan to an Arizonan. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Michael Goldstein. Michael is an attorney. He is a retired Navy officer, has been a 30-year veteran of the U.S. intelligence community, and he is now uh, holding the same position in Arizona that he once held here in the Buckeye State, and that is State Director of PJTN, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Michael, good to have you back on the air here in Ohio. How are you, sir? Howdy, partner. A little warmer out there than it is here, I bet. Although not much. Yesterday we had like 60. No? Um. I think it was 35 when I got up, and it's going up to 61 today. Wow. Well, but, yeah, we but, had this weird little but, thing out here. Uh, you know, it was like 60 yesterday, but heavy winds. And, of course, you probably are following the weather uh, along the plains and in the Ohio and Tennessee valleys oh, yeah. and so forth. It's kind of kind of some dangerous stuff going on out of here. But you did. You traded up weather-wise. you got to admit well, that, right? It's, it's bright and sunny. It's bright <laughs> and sunny. 
And uh, we already have friends uh, making reservations to come and visit our guest room sometime this winter. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, from what I'm told, that's going to be a very popular and uh, in, a, in a revolving door to that <clears throat> guest room. <laughs> you have a lot of folks well, from, from Ohio who yeah. want to come out there and escape the cold and, uh, and enjoy your company out there in the, uh, in the sun. Well, they, they won't escape the politics. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Of course not. And I'm glad to know that you are just as active there as you are here. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of things that you've written, Michael. And, in fact, I want to correct sure. myself, by the way, in the uh, introduction today at, at 9 o'clock, I mentioned you were coming on. I thought that your, or I said, rather, that your uh, uh, columns, your op-eds you wrote were for, for, the, for the Federalist. They are, of course, for AmericanThinker.com as well. I'm looking at them right now. Uh, but before we get into some of that, I just want to hit PJTN real quick, because, again, I know how very important this is to you and how important, quite frankly, program, proclaiming justice to the nations is for all Americans, uh, particularly those Judeo-Christian brothers and sisters who believe uh, in supporting one another. Um, and this is what you're doing out there, uh, supporting uh, you know uh, Judaism in the United States and, of course, in Israel. Can you tell me how things are going for you there? Um, yeah, we've been we've been uh, working on that too. We've been uh, speaking with the uh, rabbi from Chabad, uh, and we're very concerned about anti-Semitism on the campuses. You know, we dealt with this in Ohio um, three years ago with uh, HCR 10, um, a pro-Israel resolution in the Ohio House and Senate right. that condemned um, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against Israel and um, condemned uh, anti-Semitism as well. Uh, now the governor, Governor DeWine, has written to uh, the presidents of the universities in Ohio, um, asking them to uh, do something to fix this problem on their campuses. Um, I am in the middle of writing an article about that, not for for American Thinker this time, but for another publication mm-hmm. that reported on the, govern- the uh, governor's letter. Um, I have no confidence that that's going to make any difference at all. But um, we shall see. Uh, people should still look at the AMCA initiative, A- MCHA initiative online, um, dot org and um, take a look at the uh, reports on Ohio universities. They update the anti-Semitic incidents, I think, weekly or monthly. Right. You can see what's happening at your favorite university. I mean, there's a lot going on, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Do you think anti-Semitism, um, Michael, has been lost? When I, what I mean, Let me rephrase that. Do you think that concern over anti-Semitism has been lost and lessened a little bit because of, you know, the high profile, you know, BLM movement and, you know, the, the summer, last summer of, you know, racial justice and now the ongoing movement towards social justice and people of color, BIPOC, all of these other, you know, groups that are, that are being highlighted as being potentially oppressed or targeted. I, I kind of feel like anti-Semitism uh, and attacks on Jews and attacks on Judaism and attacks on Israel have kind of, you know, slipped onto the back burner. Nobody really cares too much about that anymore. Well, they don't. And um, anti-Semitism is becoming more, more and more mainstream, even, even among members of Congress, as we've seen some of the people there. Um, there, there was a... Um, I don't know if you've interviewed, ever interviewed Brooke Goldstein. She's no relation, unfortunately. She's the founder and executive director of the, um, the Lawfare Project. And uh, what Brooke has said, and I agree with it, and I'm going to be writing about it, is that uh, 
the time to write letters, the time to do demonstrations is over. The time to do back, try to do backroom deals with college administrators is over. Um, the time has come for, uh, for civil rights litigation for Jewish students. And she said, uh, very interestingly, she said, the problem is the Jews don't riot. Everybody else defends their own little groups or big groups. Um, by getting out there in public and making a lot of noise and a lot of publicity. But uh, Jews don't get out there and do that. But they do have a lot of lawyers. <laughs> there can be a lot of litigation. Uh, as I wrote about uh, critical race theory in the schools, you can write all the legislation you want, but if it doesn't have teeth, if it isn't effective, it's pretty useless. Um, so uh, the same is uh, related to anti-Semitism. Until you hit the people who are um, aiding and abetting it, like college administrators, and a lot of them are, uh, until you hit them in their pocketbooks, um, as happened to Oberlin in a, in a civil rights action, not about Jews, but a couple of years ago, right. they won't listen to you, and they won't take any action. Um, so... Uh, no, your your, your point, Michael, if I may, your point is a great one that Jews don't riot, and that's why they're, they don't get the <laughs> attention for the things that they and their people and their movements and their faith are suffering, uh, you know, and some of the attacks that they face. They just don't, they don't make enough noise about it to draw the attention, and I just don't, I think that's why so many people just kind of put it on the back burner, as I said, and do not care. Um, Let's talk about CRT, because you brought that up, and you sure. wrote about that for the American Thinker, and I'm glad you just brought it up now. We're talking, if you just turned us on, it's attorney Michael Goldstein, my friend who's a retired Navy officer and a veteran of the U.S. intelligence community, state director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations for Arizona now. Used to hold that title here in Ohio. But you wrote for the American Thinker about CRT and how to remove it from our schools. A second ago, Michael, you mentioned, you know, without legislation, there's no teeth to anything that can be done to try to, you know, prevent this. Yesterday, I had Dan Reginald on from uh, Stop Critical Race Theory in Ohio, and we talked about the fact that there are two bills in Ohio that are, are languishing in committees that are chaired by Republicans that are doing nothing about it. Um, these bills would effectively ban the teaching of critical race theory to Ohio students K through 12. Uh, and they're sitting there. And it's so frustrating that neither the Speaker of the House, nor the President of the Ohio Senate, nor the committee chairs, all of whom are Republicans, are, are doing anything to, you know, to put a stop to this very divisive, destructive, um, you know, a curricula of CRT, which does nothing but teach children to hate A, their country, and B, one another. So without that legislation, tell us, tell us you know, what, what your approach is that you wrote about for the uh, American thinker about how to remove it. Yeah, well, first of all, about the bills themselves. I think they're the best ones I've seen. They're better than others that have been passed in other states. But they're still not good enough, and they will need, if they pass, they need to be amended, and they have to have more teeth. And I wrote about that in the article um, about... Um, and I'm not specifically about Ohio, but bills in order to have teeth, that means they're cut, the people who teach this stuff are cut off from all funding to teach it, and that there are severe penalties to them for violating the statute and teaching it in uh, offending the statute. So um, anyway, those are the bills themselves. But in terms of uh, them being locked up, I agree with that completely. Um, and 
the what people have to do is uh, start writing and calling, emailing, and um, blocking the phone lines because of the volume to uh, Speaker Cup and to the uh, President of the Senate um, to release these bills and get them, especially in the House, and I think both bills are in the House now, to get them out of committee. Yeah, they're in House committees. They're in House committees, and like I said, they're languishing there. Nobody has even, nobody has done anything with them, and now there's, they're on Well, break. yeah, and um, they're, in a good, they're in a good House committee. They're not in the committee that usually ties these bills up, which is the Education Committee, K-12, through you know, primary. They're in a different committee, but they're still tied up. So um, my feeling, um, I mean, proclaiming justice of the nations is not a political organization or a 501c3. We educate people about what's going on. That's what we do. It's an educational organization. And just from my remove now, uh, having been out of Ohio for a couple of months, it looks to me like uh, it doesn't seem that anybody wants to uh, let these bills go to the governor's desk. Um, yeah, well, for and that, and that's yeah, and that's the most frustrating thing part, very frustrating part about it. I want this before the governor, and I want him to either sign it and prove that he you know isn't just a complete and and uh, useless squish, or reject it, veto it, and then let everybody know how he feels, uh, you know, about the American or the Ohio educational system and what our children should be taught, because that'll just hasten his exit from uh, the governor's mansion. So, so Michael, briefly, um, well, going back to your okay. article, you know, that's on the bills, but what is your prescription here for the removal of CRT outside of the legislation you just described? What what needs to happen? Well, when you have this kind of legislation, for instance, I'm suggesting that um, in order to make this effective, you take the uh, enforcement of it, or most of the enforcement of it, out of the hands of the bureaucrats, like the superintendents of public education in Ohio, at the Ohio level, you, you don't make the penalties through them. You put it in the hands of we the people, the parents and the children who are being indoctrinated, and put a right of private lawsuit action into the bill so that the parents, on behalf of their children, if they can prove that their kids have been damaged by the uh, indoctrination that they're getting in the schools, they can sue the school board, they can sue the individual members of the school board, they can sue the individual teacher who is teaching this stuff if the statute is violated, if they teach the offensive, um, uh, the concepts that are the foundation. Well, what if, what if that language is not added to the legislation, though? Can people sue ju- just based on uh, what they believe to be uh, destructive um, curricula for their children? Well, uh, I don't know if you've talked to... Uh, to Peter Kersenow about this, but he and I are in agreement with this. There is something in uh, 327, HB 327, um, that permits a lawsuit, but it doesn't permit um, uh, damages. So a judge looking at that will say, okay, somebody sued uh, the school board because the teachers are violating the statute. And we agree, that's true. So we're going to issue an order ordering the school district to stop teaching that stuff and the teachers to stop teaching it. Well, there's no, there are no real penalties there. Right. That's just, the teeth you're um, talking about. There's no teeth, right? Yeah. So that's why I'd like to see it in the hands of the parents. Now, you don't want a frivolous lawsuit against the teacher 
and there are uh, there are ways to. Uh, I mean, I filed uh, uh, actions against lawyers who filed frivolous lawsuits. And, you know, you can get damages. The lawyer can be um, censured, but if they're valid lawsuits and uh, the kids have really been damaged and can prove it, well, let there be a few big verdicts against teachers. I mean, if I were a teacher, and I, you know, we've seen, we've all seen the news reports of teachers' unions uh, t- telling teachers uh, to teach this stuff even if uh, the state passes a bill. That's right. Yeah. And the teachers have said, well, they will. Well, if they're if they know they're going to be sued for a hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to be personally liable for that, maybe that'll be a disincentive. Well, that is something we can only hope. Yeah, that is only something that we can hope happens. Like I said, we can't even get these bills passed as is. And as you say, they're not perfect. They need to have language added to them like this uh, potential legislative or, excuse me, uh, a civil action against them. Uh, But right now we can't even get them passed as is. They just sit there in these committees and Republicans look at each other going, Well, that's what we're teaching the public to call their legislators about. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's what what Dan... Yeah, that's what Dan and I talked about yesterday. There's uh, all of that information, the contact information for Bob Cup, for Matt Huffman, for uh, Scott Wiggum, and all of the others who are, you know, uh, you know, integral figures in all of this are listed on the CR, or excuse me, the uh, banning CRT. Stop critical race theory in Ohio is the website. StopCriticalRaceTheory.com. Uh, but all of that information is there available in that blog post that Dan wrote about these particular bills at StopCriticalRaceTheoryInOhio.com. Uh, we've been talking to Michael Goldstein, our good friend, uh, uh, Michael, from Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. I probably will not speak with you uh, uh, before Christmas, so I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And obviously, uh, I want to wish you a Happy Hanukkah, specifically for you and your lovely wife. Enjoy that warm Arizona weather. Uh, and thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Right. Thanks, Papa. And a very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. All right. And that's, by the way, how it's supposed to be. Michael Goldstein and Beverly Goldstein, two proud Jewish uh, people. Uh, I know I can say Merry Christmas to them because they understand the spirit in which the words are intended, which is just what Dr. Piper talked about. That's exactly why he said you should say Merry Christmas to everybody. It is not an insult to somebody who doesn't celebrate Christmas as Christ's birth or Christ as the Savior. Our Jewish friends understand that, and that's why I will join my Merry Christmas with a Happy Hanukkah to uh, to honor and, and show deep respect for their celebration. And that's how it's supposed to be. All right, 1053. Uh, before I get this time out, can I remind you to help rescue the holidays for the Kentucky tornado victims? Mario's Barbershop in Pleasant View uh, in Parma is uh, holding an emergency gift, household supply, and toy drive. They're filling a truck, as Mario's Barbershop has done many times in other natural disasters and calamities for uh, communities around the country. Uh, But Mario's Barbershop is accepting your generous donation of unwrapped holiday toys and gifts, non-perishable food items, household supplies, diapers, and gift cards. They're collecting right now. The truck is going to be departing soon and i think i have that date here i'm I'm doing this kind of off the cuff because it's important so bear with me for one second while i i think we've got about a week left before that truck is going to depart um 
and I can't confirm that, but let me just tell you this then. Get get it there, you know, this weekend. Get your donations there at least by this weekend so that next week that truck can take off and go make Christmas merry for those who are suffering in a very, very difficult time right now. Mario's Barbershop is at 7562 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center in Parma. As always, Mario's, thanks you for your generous support. If you have any questions about this donation drive, call Mario at 216 216- Five two zero nineteen seventy seven two one six five two zero nineteen seventy seven. Please let's try to help those who have suffered so much. And now I'll be right back. So I did a little checking, and uh, yeah, it is uh, next Wednesday is the last chance to, to make a donation uh, to, uh, oh wow, we're up against it already, how about that? Uh, but a last chance to make a donation to the uh, truckload of supplies and toys and Christmas gifts for the victims in the Kentucky tornado disaster from uh, a week ago that took, I think, 90 lives or 90-ish lives, and it's just devastating. So Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Take your gifts, take your donations, whatever they may be, uh, to Mario's in uh, in Parma, the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center. If you've got questions, again, call 216-520-1977. That's all the time that we've got today, as you can hear the music playing. Thank you to Dr. Everett Piper. Thank you to Attorney Michael Goldstein. Thank you to John. Thank you to Marcy, our crew, and thanks to you for listening. I want you to be well today. I want you to be safe today. I want you to remain free today. And, of course, at the end of the day, always end it with, let's go, Brandon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.